0: You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka.
2: Hi, everybody. It's Denise Hanitka, and I'm here with another episode of On a Mother Level. Thanks so much for being here with me today. And if you haven't already, please go to Instagram and follow me at DeniseWQAD, and then go follow at on a mother level. It's the Instagram for the podcast, and I'm posting some exclusive clips on there, and you can keep track of the new episodes that are coming. So thank you so much in advance for following along. Hopefully, we'll do some giveaways and other fun stuff on there so you don't want to miss out. Okay. As far as today's episode goes, all right, guys, the Quad Cities is in surge mode. Okay, And I know I'm in the Quad Cities, and a lot of people who listen are from all across the country. And so wherever you are, you may have different degrees of this whole COVID situation. But I think this conversation is important regardless of where you are. Because we're headed into the holidays, and everybody wants to do the right thing, but we don't know what the right thing is to do sometimes, and is it that important if we follow all these rules? That's why I have two doctors on to speak with me today. And, um, you know, look, I want to do the right thing, too. I do not want to get anybody sick, but... I'm like you and I have some questions about it too. I think it's not a bad thing to have a healthy dose of questioning. I'm the type of person that's probably why I got into um journalism. I question everything everyone's ever said to me. I don't believe anything that anyone says. Sorry, I don't. That's just kind of who I am. Um so I have questions and I hope that I was able to answer some of them through this interview that you're about to hear. Um full disclosure This weekend was supposed to be a baby shower for my friend Angie, and we were going to do it in person. We were going to do it at an event venue, and it was going to be socially distanced and responsible as much as we could. And six weeks ago, when we started planning it, the situation was different, and so we felt comfortable doing an in-person event. And as the weeks ticked by, it just started really weighing heavily on us, like, oh, should we do this? Is it a bad look? Is it a bad look for the venue? And so this week, we made the tough decision to cancel it. And, you know, so I'm just sharing that because I want you to know that I'm I'm trying to figure this all out right along with you. I'm not here to preach to you about what you should or should not do, what your mask should or should not look like. I have questions about masks just like you do. So that's why we're having this conversation, okay? And so you're going to hear from two doctors, all right? We have Dr. Narina Maud. She was my guest, if you remember, back in March. And she sat down with me back in March when we had no idea what the heck was going on. And she had this huge binder in front of her. And she was just wanting to share as much information as she had as a doctor with a background in epidemiology. And she wanted to help us navigate what we had no idea at the time was going to be the next nine months of insanity. So I think it's really cool to sit back down with her again And just reconnect after all this time and after so much has changed. The second person you're going to hear from in this conversation is Dr. Brianna Barclay. And she actually is an OB. She delivered Abram, which she may or may not remember. It was kind of a crazy day. And, you know, we're just like one of a billion babies. But anywho, so she also sat down and talked with us as just a concerned parent, a concerned doctor. She shares about the changes that have happened in the birth center since all of this stuff went down. So it's um, a great conversation and I appreciated their time very much and I hope you um, feel like I asked important questions that I hope you all have as well. So you're going to hear the doctors first. Then, if you want to stick around, Lauren Jackson is with me to recap... An episode of The Bachelorette, Um, it is Claire's last episode, so I realized that I am two weeks behind, and I apologize, because here's the thing that you may not know. When all these Bachelor people do their recaps, they get advanced screeners and special time, and they don't have jobs, and you know, all the stuff, so I'm just trying to fit it in wherever I can, and so Lauren and I were finally able to talk about what transpired when as Chris Harrison said, Claire blew up The Bachelorette. So you'll hear that conversation. You're also going to hear um, just a little off the top that uh, Lauren's an aunt. She just has a baby nephew who was just born. And so she talks a little bit about that. Then we kind of travel down some roads, end up talking about Dancing with the Stars, Gleb and Krushel. It's a whole thing. So I hope we balance a little of the, um, of the hard stuff with the COVID, and then we'll finish up with some light stuff with The Bachelorette. So sit back, relax, enjoy this conversation. These were both recorded via Zoom, so bear with me on the audio. We did our absolute best, and I want to um, give you guys a little bit of an escape while also giving you some information. So this is on a mother level, and I'm so glad that you're listening. And please share the podcast with a friend and write a review, too. That would be awesome. So here we go. We're going to start with um, Dr. Ahmad and Dr. Barclay. And we start with Dr. Ahmad uh, just revisiting what she believes was a cringy conversation when we had our first meeting back in March. But I don't think it was cringy. But here you go.
3: You know, we were not masked when we met in the studio. And that wasn't a recommendation. And I'm looking back thinking, geez, you know, what what was that all about? And, you know, at the time, the the data was mixed on masking, not really the data so much as the supply. You know, we knew that we were, there was a shortage of masks and they were preserving those for healthcare workers and then they should be N95 and we didn't have enough for the, the entire population to have. And then I think, um, you know, we didn't know how effective non and 95 masks were in order to make a recommendation um, for say surgical or cloth masks. Um, and then we also didn't really have a culture of mask wearing I think in America. you know when you when I've traveled in Asia um, over the years, you know everybody wears masks just because of pollution and pollutants in general and it's not a big deal. but I think getting Americans on board with, mask culture, you know, that was also something I don't think the population was prepared to deal with in March. So um I feel I, I think about that conversation and I feel a little cringy thinking like, oh you know, I wish we could have talked about masking, um, but we just didn't know. And oh. and we know better now. And and I think, okay, this conversation I wanna focus on masking.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely
3: is there now, and um, there's still some, you know, hesitancy for the general population to adopt it, and and despite, you know, I can quote study after study on effectiveness of masking, but there's
2: still a barrier there, so... Yeah, well, we'll get into all of that. Um, so let me start with you, Dr. Ahmad. Like, how has how has your practice changed in the last ten months? And and I guess how are you doing? How are you? Um, how are you doing? Like mentally?
3: Well, you know, I'm I'm doing okay. Um, you know, I didn't have to shut down completely. I will say, when I spoke to you, we were in the process of slowing down our practices, though. So, you know, we had stopped all elective procedures cosmetic procedures were mainly you know in dermatology we were basically focusing on cancer surgery um, infections things like that that really couldn't wait I was able to keep all the staff employed thankfully and that was a that was a great benefit to our group when some of the stay at home orders were lifted the numbers kind of surged back in clinic and we thought okay, let's start doing more preventative health. Um, we try to space appointments so patients aren't crowded in our waiting rooms. Uh, we've marked off designated seating areas. So um, in general, volume is down. And, and my office is in the hospital, so they have patients all have to go through their front desk, get screened, get temperature checked at the point of entrance into the hospital. And then once they get into my clinic, they do it again. And so those are sort of the changes we've had to institute in order to keep the office open Mm -hmm. and safe. And we do all these things with our staff as well, you know, screening staff, um, um, temperature checking, everything like that. Adjusting the, trying to adjust a lunchroom for your staff. Um, How do they sit at their desks? We installed plexiglass everywhere. So these are things that since we last spoke, you know, everything's kind of changed. But we're very blessed that we can stay open and we can do the things that we
2: do safely. But I mean that's a lot of stuff and that's a lot of changes and I'm sure that you would echo a lot of those Dr. Barclay. Um, you know for you um, being an OB I imagine it, it's it's a lot different life for you in the hospital because when you're delivering babies that should be a time when families are coming in and there's people and there's excitement and there's it's a lot different up there now I imagine the, in the birth center. It
1: is and it's hard you know um, you know from a safety standpoint for our staff and 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 that we feel you know we've had to limit visitors and it's hard. People sometimes want you know not just their partner but their mom or their sister, or their doula, you know, and it's it's been hard for sure. Um, and you know the the older brothers and sisters can't come visit the baby in the hospital yeah. and that. So it is it is a different time, and I think it's I feel like it's an additional stress being pregnant in a pandemic and kind of not even just the delivery, but just during the pregnancy and things, it's a different level of stress. And there's a lot we don't know yet about COVID and pregnancy. We know more than we did in March. Um, so that's good. But, you know, I think it is interesting though on postpartum, I would say it's really quiet and There's a little bit of silver lining in that too. I think those moms get more time to rest. Not that they don't want those visitors, but sometimes there's a steady train of visitors when they're, Mm -hmm. you know, the baby's one day old and hasn't slept all night. And in some ways, it's kind of peaceful. And I think they get a little bit more rest before they head back home. Kind of a silver lining in it, I guess. We're still going to give you the same care that we would otherwise. We're going to look a little different because we're going to have more protective gear on. But, you know, even after you get home, you want to be able to share that baby with everybody, but it's also kind of then deciding people ask our advice sometimes. Should I let my parents come over? Should I let my grandparents come over? And it's, it's hard. It's, everyone's got to make that decision for themselves and everything has some level of risk. And I also tell people it's okay to say no. And if, if they're upset, then that's what it is, but it's your baby. We've really tried to adapt and stay on top of new evidence as new recommendations come out. And we've tried to keep our office as safe a place as we can. You know, We're definitely seeing a, a strain on resources now where um, people from all different floors are getting called to help on the you know, the pulmonary floor where the COVID patients are and the volume has just really increased in the last few weeks um, to the highest it's ever been of COVID patients in the hospital. And that's concerning, especially as we see the positive tests in our community keep going up and up. And usually it takes about two weeks for that to translate into hospitalizations. And a lot of people don't get really sick, which is good, but the ones that do, they get pretty, you know, they can get pretty sick and they can be in the hospital for weeks sometimes. So it is kind of a strain on that. So I feel like we're feeling it at the hospital, not so much else as OB, but just feeling the strain that other people are having. They're having to cut back on surgeries a little bit in order to make sure we have enough hospital beds. You know, a unique situation that... I've never experienced my career and a lot of people who have been doing this longer than I have have never experienced, you know, so it's kind of unprecedented times and we're trying to keep at it and uh, not let our guard down.
2: Well, so we're in the ninth month of this situation. We've, I mean, me personally, I was at uh, working from home for six months. I've since gone back to the studio to work. And now we are seeing this I don't know if this is defined as the second surge, the third surge, what have you, but now we're talking about these record hospitalizations. And so after all that we've already been through, how did we get here or back here or however you want to phrase it? Dr. Mott, I'll let you pick that one.
3: You know, I think if you have been following Dr. Katz at the um, health department, he'll tell you exactly what happened. It was, you know, lifting our, our mitigation efforts with reopening things again unfortunately and maybe not reopening them in a way that we should have across the board um you know we were able to flatten the curve if you look at the curves in the country and in the community when we when we did the stay at home and everybody masked and did what they were supposed to we we did flatten it and then you know dr katz always refers to june first memorial day as like when everything just sort of reopened again. And we're sort of seeing the repercussions of, of that behavior now, um, and it's delayed. But but this is what you're seeing, and sort of the change in attitudes, the more lax behavior in our communities. And some people, some businesses are doing amazing, whereas others, you know, have just taken the opposite approach. So I think it is fatigue related. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not going to actually blame schools or anything like that because I think they're doing a great job with what they're working with. But I think it's our behaviors um, outside of school, in our personal lives, in our gatherings that are contributing to this.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's call it out. Like, what what is the real problem here? Because I keep seeing, you know, like, we all need to wear the masks. We all need to wear the masks. Well, everywhere I go, everyone is wearing masks. So I see masks everywhere. So, like, what else What else can we do? Is it, is it not the public places? Is it
1: more of the private gallery, gatherings? What are we doing? I think now, too, as we we're seeing our community spread is higher than it's ever been, so it doesn't take as much to get exposed. We kind of lucked out a little bit here in the Quad Cities, kind of in the spring and summer, I think, compared to some other communities in Iowa, like Cedar Rapids, Des Moines, Waterloo, other places seem to get harder than us, were hit, hit harder than us. And I don't know if that was necessary that we were doing anything better. It just kind of depends on, you know, nursing home outbreaks and meatpacking plants and things drove some of those things but I feel like now for whatever reason we have more community spread and so it doesn't take much, you know, I've seen people who've gotten it from just seeing a couple family members, you know, and there's enough people that have it that, you know, you just have your, your small bubble, but people in your small bubble have small bubbles. And so next thing you know, your bubble is a little bigger than you realize. And, uh, I think I was just reading something this morning about how the other thing is things are moving indoors and indoors is just not as safe. Outdoors isn't perfect. You can still get it, spread it outdoors, but you have the better air circulation, which helps. So now maybe you were having a little barbecue with some friends in your backyard, but now you're having a few friends in your house or, you know, a few family members and things and you're indoors where the air circulation isn't as good. So even if you're six feet apart, if you're eating and things, it's still not perfect you know i feel like it was it, i could wrap my head around like locking down for 2 months and or 3 months and not leaving our house unless we had to but mm-hmm. you know now it's gone on to 8 or 9 months it's hard to do that and so i think people are making those decisions of you know having their small bubbles of people that they are with whether that's friends or family but as those things move indoors there does get to be more risk there's a little uh website you can go to where you can track like every county in the United States and what the risk of a certain size gathering is. It's really interesting and it depends a little bit on in your community, like how good the testing is, like so how many cases are potentially being missed by not having really easy access to testing. But right now in Scott County, if you have a gathering with 10 people, there's a 50 to 75% chance that one of them has COVID and doesn't know it yet. 10 people.
2: Really?
1: Yeah. So that's how bad our community spread is. So it really doesn't take much. And, you know, the tricky thing about this disease, too, is the incubation period is so long, you can be exposed and it can take up to 14 days before you have symptoms and become, and usually you are the most contagious about two days before your symptoms start. So you don't, you feel fine and you may not even know you've been exposed if the person you were exposed to didn't have symptoms it's just tricky. You can you can be spreading it and not know it, which is why masking and distancing is important because you sort of have to act like everyone might have it all the time, you know, which is sort of the reality in our community right now that a lot of people do have it. There's, I think I saw yesterday, 4,000 active infections in Scott County, and those are just the ones we know of. If you talk to Dr. Katz, he would say there's five times more than the ones we know of, so that's a lot of people. Um, hopefully, most of them are staying home and things, but a lot of people who have it and maybe have been around other people before they knew they had it. And so I just think it's it's so prevalent right now that it doesn't take much to get exposed.
2: Well, just in this short time, you've told me facts that I have not heard, okay? I've not heard that, that that's the current risk right now. This number of active infections is interesting to me because, you know, on the news, we've been talking about daily cases, you Mm -hmm. know, I think active infections is an interesting number because just because, you know, a number is a certain amount on a Tuesday, you're not counting all the people who... Who currently have it and are walking around, you know, or yeah. probably they're not walking around, but you understand what I'm saying. So I, I guess you know, I I guess this is perhaps a criticism of us as the news media, but maybe the message is not getting out properly. Maybe maybe people don't have the right information, and I know, especially with this election cycle, misinformation is rampant. But maybe it's missing information.
3: I think so. I mean, I talk to people who, you know, eat in, you know, go to a lot of restaurants and, you know, stay there for long periods of time indoors, unmasked. When I mentioned to them that we now know that COVID is also not only droplet, but aerosolized, you know, it's airborne, it, that the particles can linger in a, in a room, you know, with, with certain maybe poor ventilation, there's all of this um, potential COVID sort of cloud viral particles like lingering. You know, when you go into to a public place, and I get a lot of you know like wide eyes when I tell people that. I said, yeah, it's it's still it's still there. It's still airborne, and and you don't know what you're getting exposed to, and when you're in densely populated indoor environments or yeah, sitting in a restaurant for hours. I'm surprised that people don't know about that, you know? Right. That's, uh, that's, that's been a known fact about airborne transmission for the last couple months. There's a lot of things that people just still don't know, or I'm still getting calls from patients saying, well, my sister has, you know, my son has COVID, but can I still come to my appointment? And I'm, and i say, no, you know, you, you live in a house with someone who has COVID, you should be quarantining from them, you should be isolating in a separate room, if, if possible, and you really shouldn't be out and about coming to your appointments. And I still get these calls on a daily basis from, from people asking me if they can come in. The public health department is doing the best they can in contacting, um, you know, with their contact tracing and things like that, but they're behind. They're, you know, a thousand cases behind in calling every contact of a positive patient. So then they're unable to get that education to the contacts themselves. And, you know, this is part of the problem. Sometimes you hear that you had contact with a COVID positive person, you know, weeks later. And what's the use in that, you know? So we're not able to keep up with the education, keep up with the personal personal phone calls to the patients from the health department in a, in a manner that we'd like to.
2: The other big um, question that I hear, and maybe you guys get a lot, is, well, how come local restaurants and local bars are the ones who are taking the brunt of the restrictions and the mitigations? When I can walk around Lowe's or Menards or whatever, or Target like everybody did during the lockdown,
1: you know, why why is so much of the focus being put on restaurants? What do you think? I feel bad for these businesses. This is a challenging time, obviously, but you're indoors and you're taking your mask off to eat I mean that's one of the biggest things and you're you know sometimes if it's loud you're yelling and you know or not yelling but talking more loudly which which releases more droplets and I think of course if you throw in some alcohol that that may even encourage that more you know and I think um, if you're at Lowe's or Target, there is just a lot more air circulation. It's a bigger room. So that helps. It helps diffuse things a little bit. It's not perfect, but it does help. So the, the, it, the indoor environment is important in terms of the size of the room, um, the air circulation, what kind of filters they have, that sort of thing. And you may not you know, know all that, but I think there's been some studies. There was one study um, from China very early on in this where there was one person at a restaurant that was infected. And because of the way the air conditioning circulated, they figured out literally people three tables over got infected. And so it wasn't just people within six feet. There were people at their table, but there were people two tables over because of the air currents in the restaurant. So it is not to pick on restaurants, but that's a place where you take your mask off. You know, you know, if you're in high V for 30 minutes getting some things your risk is probably pretty low. Now, if you work in Hy-Vee all day long and you have, you're have you close to people, especially if they're not wearing masks, that's more risk. You know, it's kind of your, t- your time that you're there, the length of exposure, that sort of thing. Or like Noreen said, when you're in a restaurant, you may be there for a little while, you know? And uh, so that can make a difference too.
2: The CDC just last, towards the end of last week, updated their guidance on what masks work, what masks are effective. I usually walk around with, you know, a cloth one that I got at a cute store, and sometimes I wonder, how effective can this filthy dish rag mask be? <laughs> you know, sometimes it, sometimes it feels filthy, and sometimes I don't clean it as often as I should, and sometimes it's coated in lipstick. And, I mean, <laughs> what, what? what are your thoughts on what makes a mask <laughs> the most effective?
3: Well, I think what... You know, we know that there's a hierarchy in masking. So it's, it's how effective it is in protecting yourself from viral particles up to different sizes. So, N95 masks that we use in healthcare can filter, you know, uh, I'm sorry, can protect you up to like 0.1 microns. And COVID, we think, is maybe 0.12. So, that's kind of the gold standard of masks. As someone who wears one, they're very dif- I mean, I wear a ma- N95 a surgical mask and I wear a face shield when I work just for eye protection. And as someone who wears that all day, it is hard. It is hard. I don't think the general public can do that all day. You know, physicians, we're kind of trained ourselves to wear these things all day and that's just sort of a second skin to us and it's still hard, but we do it. Um, So that's sort of the hierarchy. And after that you might have surgical masks with a little bit of a different weave cloth masks and then at sort of the bottom of the list are these gaiters and face shields that we're finding are not that effective. So I think a cloth mat. Don't underestimate the power of your cloth mask. It's it's doing a, a pretty decent job for large droplet prevention. Um, it's not a hundred percent, but it's certainly um, you know it's certainly a great option and it's available and it's cheap and people can have access to them. Unlike you know the N95s respirators, etc. Yeah, don't 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 knock it. I, I think uh, it will give you. It might give you a little bit of mask knee or something. <laughs> you know, I've done a segment on that before. You know, I think it's it's awesome how I've seen just within it. This is how great America is in the last couple months. You can find masks and like <laughs> and glitter and all, my daughters all wear you know Moana masks and Disney masks and things like that and. And if there's a way to spin it in a way that's not so scary. And I, and I think, you know, the, the main focus of me talking to you today is to really encourage that. And, you know, what? maybe, Denise, the places you're going to, people are abiding by masking and doing the right thing. But I have seen many instances where people don't. And I think they have a false sense of security because they're with people they know, they're in small towns, maybe smaller venues, that they feel this uh, safety there. And um, I think that's where a lot of these transmissions are occurring. And they, okay. they really let their masks down, you know, they let their guard
2: down. Really quickly on the topic of mask me, maybe I should have asked you before I bought it, but I just bought some like spray that claims to like disinfect the inside of the mask with some tea tree oil. And uh, I- prevent some of that bacteria from getting into your skin. <laughs> Was that <a> super <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I really hesitate about putting any sort of oils within your mask because okay. those are in, in general, I would say the best thing you can do is wash your masks or rotate them out as much as possible. Um, but you know, washing a cloth mask pretty easy um, or if you use the medical based masks, you know, like a surgical mask, which I do, I, I just throw them out. Somehow I still you know, I don't know. It's it's just the way that I'm wired, but I have to wear red lipstick every day. I don't know why, <laughs> even though I wear mask, Like it's just like a weird habit. And so I get home and I'm like total gross clown face mask, you know, but you know, I, I think just washing your masks, um, rotating them out, that that will help. And if you are breaking out, I would you know, start with some topical therapies, like a little benzoyl peroxide, salicylic acid. And if you need anything more than that, come see your friendly dermatologist. I can help you. I am seeing a lot more, like, patients with cystic acne and, and other you know, rosacea flares and things like that. And I always tell them, I'm sorry you're going through this, but I'm proud of you for wearing your mask. <laughs> you yeah. Get through it. <laughs> but yeah, that's sort of the sort of overview of, of the yeah. hierarchy masks and um, you know I, I don't know if you heard about the study about the hair the hairstylists in Missouri but um, this happened in May there were two hairstylists I believe it was like at a chain like Great Clips and
2: yeah, what talking COVID.
3: About. they were both infected um, and symptomatic which they really shouldn't have been working but they were and I believe they saw like close to a hundred clients and because they masked properly and all clients masked properly, there was no evidence of spread of COVID okay. to any of the of their clients from 14 days thereafter when they were tracked. To they did follow ups, so the evidence is good there, and that's that's at a hair salon, you know, where you're right up in there. Of everybody, so so the the data is there. It's effective. We've just got
1: to do it and do it right. And I think just I think I'm just so amazed at how well the kids do and I think it helps to model um well for them obviously and but my kids just they'll they'll run around playing outside with their masks on if if they happen to have like uh friends you know outside that they're seeing or something which doesn't happen very often you know they'll forget they have them on sometimes and you know just they just have gotten used to them and I think sometimes kids are even better than adults at wearing them they wear them all day at school without problem and they even say mom sometimes the kids don't stay six feet apart at recess so we just wear them at recess I'm like okay that's fine you go ahead and do that you know so um it's just amazing how you know a lot of people worried if kids would be able to wear masks but I think you just got to give them credit they're more resilient than you think sometimes and um, I'm not saying it's easy for all of them obviously but I just think It helps explaining like why they're doing it, you know, and we're doing this because this is what's going to keep people safe. And and so that's what we're going to do. It's really a great way to share that you care about people. So or show that you care about people.
2: I'm wondering if we can just wrap up with like how like how do we fight the inevitable COVID fatigue that a lot of people maybe are feeling at this point? How do we, especially walking into the holiday season?
1: I just think we have to realize that this year is different and it's okay that it's different, but it's just going to be different than other years. It should be. I think there's a quote that I saw that I really liked that said, you know what, we're going to do things differently this year so that there's no one missing at the table next year. I know personally, we don't have any plans to see our family um, for the holidays and other than through zoom. And I think um, that stinks, but I feel like that's the best thing right now. I, you know, and I don't want to, regret getting someone sick, you know, so I think I just think looking at it as this is a short term problem, and it's been going on a long time, but we just need to push through this winter is going to be rough, you know, this summer, we could maybe see people outdoors and things, you know, get creative, sit outside around a bonfire, if you're going to do that and stay six feet apart, you know, or Maybe I've seen suggestions like instead of having your family over for dinner where everyone's eating without masks, eat separately, but go for a walk together. Or there's other ways you can try to connect with your family besides eating. If there was ever a time to be careful, it's now. And we, at the, we wanted to be careful in the spring and the summer, but now it's even more important. So I think it's just trying to maintain that perseverance and and being safe and uh, trying not to let your guard down and I think it's probably going to be a rough winter and we're not going to be able to do all the things that we want to do but I think it's going to be worth it in the end you know it's interesting my husband and I have connected with friends from college and things via zoom that we hadn't really all been together in ages and years and years and so it's kind of been in some ways a silver lining too and I think it's going back to that instead of of trying to get together in person so
3: I agree I mean you know if I think sometimes people don't grasp the severity of the situation unless you're a directly affected by, unfortunately, by severe mortality or morbidity in your family. If, if we could put a video camera in the ICUs um, within our own community, I think if people could just get a glimpse of what one person on a ventilator looks like, I I hate to say, but that could shock somebody into maybe taking this, this, slightly more seriously. And, and we, we don't do that, obviously, for, you know, HIPAA and privacy reasons. But if you could see what we would see in the hospital, you know, you might think a little bit differently about, hey, you know, how necessary it is to go to that Ugly Christmas sweater party, <laughs>
2: activity,
3: which I love, but you know how 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 necessary is that? Or can we somehow do this safely? Could we meet outside, or could you know mask up and drop off something for our neighbors, or be creative? Because you know, I got a glimpse of so and so in that ICU, and that's not something I'd want. I'd wish on any family member, it's, and I, I hate to be morbid about it, but. You know, there's no way to sugarcoat the severity of of what this disease can do to, you know, 10% of the population that gets it, not saying, you know, 90% of people will be fine, right? But 10% of people, you know, they may require severe second level care. um, And that's a lot of people in this community. I'm sure everybody knows somebody now from the time we talked in March, Who's been hospitalized with COVID, or I hope not died of COVID. But if you know someone, you know someone who's been touched severely. So let's just think about that in the holiday spirit. You know, in terms of giving a good gift to somebody and is is really keeping them safe, keeping your family safe. And uh, I mean, I know my kids. You know, we don't. We're doing remote learning, and I was so worried about them and their mental health, and and they've they've been doing amazing with it, and and we've you know, done that, you know, booed our friends for Halloween and dropped off gifts and spent a lot of time doing other types of activities we never would have done before. And, and I think being inventive this holiday season is something we can do. And, you know, next Christmas, we'll look back and say, Oh, that was a crazy year. And so glad we're all back together again, but we got through it. And, and that's just what I'd like to share. Um, you know, just think about next time you get that invite or you have that urge to go X, Y, and Z places, and think, well, what can I do to mitigate the risk of my to my family and to those around me? And, and if you can, if you feel you can do that with limited risk, and uh, then I'd say go for it. But um, if there's something in pulling at your heartstrings a little bit, saying, hmm, maybe that's not the best idea, go with your gut and, you know, stay home, and do the right things.
2: Well, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate your example, and that you both walk the walk, and practice what you preach on this stuff, because you're right, it is an example of, of, you know, modeling the behavior that we want everybody to do, so thank you very much, so much for your time. I know it's very valuable, and that uh, there are naps to be taken this afternoon. Thank you, Denise. Thank you so much. Yeah, I (laughs) appreciate you. Thank you so much to both of the doctors for their time. I hope we got some good questions answered, and I hope it helps you make some plans and that you didn't feel like we were preaching to you too much, because I know that you are big boys and girls, and you can make your own decisions. And um, Okay, let's lighten things up. Let's get to The Bachelorette. Here is Lauren Jackson, my friend, uh, here to recap Claire's final episode. Here we go. I'm an
0: aunt. Tell me about my know. little nephew. Well, he lucked out in the ant department, and he doesn't even know about it, Um <laughs> Can't even, doesn't even know that he's got the coolest aunt ever. Um, yeah, so I'm an aunt. My sister had a baby on October 22nd, I hope. <laughs> um, his name is Case James Shirley, and he's the teeniest little guy ever. He's, like, still not even seven pounds. He's so sweet and so cute. But he is literally, quite literally, one of the prettiest babies I've ever seen. He's a pretty cute baby. Yeah, he's- like... Coming from someone who claims she had an ugly baby, AKA you. (laughs) Even though I think Pod was, or Ponky was the cutest baby ever. Always.
2: Um, He's looking
0: real good these days. I knew he had potential.
2: He's looking real good.
0: I I could see the potential. (laughs) I knew it. But I love to pick a a diamond in the rough. Just take a look at my (laughs) (laughs) ex-boyfriends.
2: I will be endlessly fascinated by people who have small babies because I do not. And so the fact that he has, like, four pounds to grow before he even reaches Abram's starting weight blows my
0: mind. <laughs> Abram's a ham, though. That kid is just massive.
2: He's a real pot roast, for sure.
0: <laughs> a little Thanksgiving turkey.
2: Um. So you got to spend, like, three or four days with your sister kind of doing the newborn thing.
0: Yes. So, okay. So my sister and I are like sick, sickeningly close. She's two years older than me. Um, but we've just been really close our whole lives. I mean, we had like normal sister fights and stuff, but I swear we haven't had a sister fight in like four years. Um, we're just, but we don't get to really see each other that often just because I live so far away all the time. And just the way my work schedule goes, And her husband has a lot of extended family, so she's sometimes involved with them. So we don't see each other that much, but we talk, like, every day, and we have the same... We have this, like, weird thing, and this is going to sound crazy, but I swear we have, like, twin telepathy. Where, like, if she feels something, I feel it. I swear. I believe you. I believe you. But we're not twins, obviously. So it's weird. So we're just really close. So, yeah, I got to fly to Texas last week and spend, like, four days with her, and it was the first couple days that Cameron, her husband had to go back to work. So it was perfect because she wasn't going to be alone. And she keeps kind of saying like, you know, she loves her mother-in-law and her extended family and stuff like that. Cause they live near her Whereas my family. Doesn't um, she's like, but it's just different when you have your sister or your husband at home compared to your mother-in-law. She's like, I just, you know, she can't fold my panties. Like she can't <laughs> fold my laundry. For me. Like, I'm like, well, I'm sure she wouldn't care. And she's like, no, I don't want her to. Like my sister's just like, no, she doesn't need to see my like dirty pajama t-shirt. Like it's good. So I think she, I think it really meant a lot for her, for me to be there. Oh yeah. She had, um, my sister had a a really honestly traumatic birth experience and, um, kind of a bad C-section. Well, I think the surgery was okay. Like, I don't think it was botched, but like she's just had, she's having a hard time. She's having a rough go of it, and it's, like, making me nervous. So, yeah, so it was really great to be there with her. We did literally nothing, though. Absolutely nothing. Like, her husband came home from work, and we'd, like, still be in bed. <laughs> He's like, did you Yeah, wait? well, I don't know what
2: else you're supposed to do during the first week after having a baby. And by the way, you didn't do nothing. You guys did all the things. Boobs, uh, boobs everywhere, and freaking incisions, and, like, Yeah. And, it, and this week. Like, the window to the world of that week is a little frightening, I'm assuming.
0: Well, she kind of scared me just, just like she's not sleeping like at all. I think it's getting better every day, but at that time she literally was not sleeping at all. And it just is terrifying because there's things that I just can't help with. You know what I mean? I can do her laundry and I walked her dogs and I cook for her and I cleaned her house and I can do that and I'll do that all day because that's what I would want someone to do for me. But, you know, like, I can't wake up in the middle of the night and feed the baby for her because my sister's breastfeeding. Right. Um, And and Cameron can't do it either. So it just stinks because it's just, like, at the end of the day, there's just certain things that no one can help her with. You know, I can't, like, make her incision feel better. You know what I mean? And it just, like yeah, it just stinks. And my sister and I are similar in the sense that when we don't feel good, we're literal babies. Like, we, like I can't even, like maintain, Denise, like, I have a headache and I'm going to cry. Like, <laughs> all right, relax and take a Tylenol. And I am like my tooth. Like, I just like, I can't, I need four days <laughs> off. Like I'm just so ridiculous. But I swear, like when we feel things, like I feel pain so intently, like I'm an absolute baby. Um, and my sister's the same way. My mom is honestly the same way. Like, and it's funny because I recognize it in all of us. So my sister's not like mustering it up and like, she's like whining and crying and like having the worst time. And you're just kind of like, okay, dude. Like, I, I mean, I'm like, shout out to every mom out there because the thought of like me going in, I have no children, obviously. The thought of me going in um, and having an abdominal surgery where they slice me from head to toe, basically. And then I have to also come home with something and take care of it. Like, I don't just have to go home and take care of myself. Now you want me to have something that's so high maintenance? I I just feel like there would be so much shock in my
2: life. I'm stressed that this is now the second time I'm having this conversation. I literally just got off the phone with Angie Sharp, who is 33 weeks pregnant. And she said the exact same thing. She goes, wait a minute. My innards are on the outside. And then they send me home with a human... And then also squeeze the milk out of your boob. She's like, Denise, like, I don't know why I didn't think of this until now. I'm like, yeah, no, you can't, don't, don't spend any more time thinking about this because it does no good. Truly ignorance is bliss when it comes to birth.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I got a crown, a a permanent crown put on my tooth yesterday and you would have acted like I just got diagnosed with a serious, serious illness like all day. I was just like, ah, my tooth. And like, honestly, it feels (laughs) fine.
2: Yeah. Now imagine someone hands you an eight pound pot roast and they're like, okay, like anything that goes wrong with it is your fault. No, I would
0: die. I, I, I mean, I would have buyer's remorse. Like when I got the dog <laughs> and I realized, I realized that this is such a tap. I, I mom, this is not a comparison. I do not think animals are comparisons to baby, but it's the only like frame of reference that I have. Sure. Um, when I bought, when I got Millie and I brought her home, I really regretted it for like a couple of weeks. Like I really, I was like, Oh, I messed up. Like I made a mistake. I should have listened to the people that told me not to do this, but I was kind of like, well, I'm in it. Like I can't just give the dog away. Cause I knew that I would like treat her right. And I did love her. I was just like, God, you're shush. Like You're so loud all the time. So you baby, need so many things. Yes. I, I, I but in a sense though, baby case was easier because i didn't turn around and he wasn't like chewing anything or peeing on the floor so you know like at least day him, will come yeah true <laughs> but, yeah my cousin's baby <laughs> ate chalk yesterday and she was like sos everyone what do i do <laughs> i'm like i don't know so he yeah but he's a really good baby though in the sense um he doesn't like scream or cry he has like a little squawk he's just like eh, eh, and i'm like that's it <laughs> Um, and he only cries seriously. He only cries whenever he's naked, whenever Kirsten has to like change him. Well, cause he's just a little cold. Yeah. He just gets cold. <laughs> cause he's so small, but I feel bad for my sister. Cause he keeps barfing. He's like a real oh. baby. So oh. he just spits everything up. And that's why he's like, he's gaining weight, but not a lot, I guess. He, I mean, he's still really small, but the doctor didn't seem like concerned. Uh, she's just, she's just like adjusting, but it, yeah, the thought of it, just like watching it. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, I can't believe you have to do this. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Those are some pretty intense days. Yeah. She told herself though, she knows that at the end of the day, like he's going to grow up. She's like, Cool, oh, yeah. In a couple months, like this is going to be easy. She's like, I just have to tough it out. But I really hate when I have a problem and the only solution is time. I'm like, I- no, like <laughs> I need, I need an immediate solution. Yeah, that's, that's Lauren Jackson in a nutshell. Like, we're going to yeah. need to pour this
2: out right here today. Yes.
0: It's like, we're not waiting. Whenever they're like, we'll give you a call back, we'll email you. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> today? I Can I tell you right? my current problem? Yeah.
2: This is my current problem. Riddle me this. Okay. I just tried to watch a program that I love, okay? This is a <laughs> wonderful program. So I, I've, I've loved watching This Is Us since the beginning. I've watched it Basically because it came on when Abram was born. And so I was like really in the mood for some like sentimental television programming. (laughs) So here I am sitting down with some coffee this morning to watch the brand new season. Okay. And what am I met with? Characters (laughs) wearing masks. Talk of the virus within three minutes of this programming. All of these things are real And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with these things being acknowledged. I just don't want any part of it on my entertainment programming. And so I want these show writers to understand that we watch their programming to not do this. I I, like I, I cannot imagine what a terrible, terrible idea it was to, yeah, let's have all the characters wear the masks. And let's have all the characters, like, be upset about current events.
0: Why would I want to watch that? So is this going to be the whole season before us? Yes, it is. Oh. So I think maybe they had to make the characters wear masks simply because maybe they had to do that on set because of, like, how bad coronavirus was when they must have been filming.
2: But they weren't wearing them the whole time in the episode. That's true. And I feel like in order to be filming, they probably were getting the tests every day and, you know, because there's the cast and the crew and the whole thing. I just, here's, here's my question. Obviously there's not a lot of production of programming happening right now, but if you are not a reality show, my humble request is that we allow people the time to distance themselves from current events. Okay. Next thing you know, there's going to be a whole show about the election. I mean, we, we can't, we can't <laughs> I cannot. We cannot go down these roads. I can't have current events and the anxieties that are 2020 permeating and penetrating
0: into my entertainment programming. No, I feel the same way. I'm very passionate about television. It is um, my all-time favorite thing in the entire world. I will like literally listen to shows, like not even podcasts, listen to the episode as I'm driving. (laughs) Um, Like I'm sick, but I definitely (laughs) feel the same way because this is my escape. Why, why, why do I, I can understand, I guess, if it's like a reality TV situation because that's reality, but this is us have every opportunity to avoid it. But I think that they, especially because nobody ever knows what time we're in anyway, you're jumping back and forth all the stinking time. I only know if the kids are small or not. I'm like, oh, okay, it's the past. Or if the dad's alive. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I'm like, hey, me, and Amelia. So, um, which I do love that man. So I'm like, more past. Um, except I low-key hate Mandy more all the time. And I met her, so it's really messed up. <laughs>
2: I know we did tell that story, didn't we? The time I of think so.
0: If everybody doesn't know, I met Mandy Moore in Nashville. I literally told Denise when I was leaving. I was like, I just want to meet a celeb. I'll even meet a D-lister. I don't care. And I met Mandy Moore, and then Denise and I got in an argument because I said Mandy Moore is like totally at least B-list, and Denise disagrees. I don't remember that part of the
2: conversation, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I will say that um I'm just very interested in the fact that you said that Mandy Moore was like one of the most beautiful humans you'd ever laid your eyes on
0: I do I find her to be gorgeous I love a beauty mark like mole I I yeah I think she's really pretty um and she has that nice like porcelain skin and there's something about fair skin and dark hair that I think is like really cute oh thank you you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) okay um as I bleach my hair blonde every six weeks (laughs)
2: huge issue i'm really i'm really disappointed in this is us right now and i can't imagine uh, an entire season ahead of us in which we are just swallowed by the current events that i'm trying to ignore in my own head
0: totally because i can't i mean you know i get on instagram i get on twitter that's all what's there and that's fine i I understand people you know we do that so it's totally fine but not here not here, like, not on not on
2: television in a drama series. Reality, sure, but, like, in a drama series, I just, like, I just, I wanted to separate and live in a fantasy world for just a little while. It's never been more important in my view.
0: Opinion. Well, and, and I definitely, I'm sure they would get backlash if they hadn't addressed it. I'm sure there would be, like, comments and stuff from people, like, you know, insens- maybe it's insensitive. I don't know. Maybe we're being insensitive, but I agree. I'm just like, gosh, like, can I just have an escape where we don't have to talk about it? Luckily, some things have like simmered. I mean, we're in a new peak of election, but which I'm sure they'll address. (laughs) God, please. No, please. No, they'll have like yard signs or something. Just like a little subtle. This is a little little tidbit.
2: Um, So we have other reasons, though, to be disappointed in um, in programming recently. And that is
0: we're having a rough time Uh, at programming.
2: Uh, because of what Claire Crawley has done to um, The Bachelorette. I listened to a little recap of the podcast that she just did last week, the one with the Becca Kufrin and Rachel Lindsay, like the official Bachelor podcast. Yes. And the recap basically said how Claire, Claire was very upset that she was getting a lot of quote-unquote hate for what she did with Dale. She's always now, upset. <laughs> well, here's the thing. There's a very clear difference between hate and and criticism. And what I'm about to do for the next half hour is criticize, but not hate. I mean, I don't want bad things to happen to her. I don't want bad things to happen to Dale. But I think there are some real issues at hand. The way that I brought up last week, my whole point last week was that she creates the rules. She amends the rules as she sees fit. And all the while she expects the men to go with it because she's in charge. And I just think that is not how we should be handling this situation. In this last episode, and by the way, delighted that people were so interested in my opinion. Got a lot of questions <laughs> on Instagram asking me for my commentary. That gives me more joy than you people Well, I'm, can I'm preparing
0: to- a real tape for your, of your commentary to send to Chris Harrison. Don't be <laughs> worried.
2: <laughs> what we've seen here on The Bachelorette, is claire has chosen dale and dale has proposed within 12 hours
0: was that i honestly wish we had this hadn't all been spoiled i like i wish this was all a surprise yeah i feel like it would have been much more interesting if we all just found this out
2: it's not like it was spoiled just because of reality steve it was spoiled by us weekly quite frankly
0: yeah, Tasha coming in, and they they even said, like, Hannah Ann was there or something. I mean, there was, like, a lot of chatter everywhere, E! News, which, like, I, you know, I love the tea, so I'm not mad. But I now watching it, I'm like, gosh, I think I would have been more interested if this, if we didn't know what was going to happen. But we knew some way, shape, or form Claire was going to leave, mm-hmm. and Tasha was going to come in. And I always just assumed that she was leaving with Dale. I was not surprised that she wasn't. Right Or like, I I never believed a tidbit. I I guess it never crossed my mind that they wouldn't be leaving together because why would she leave if they weren't leaving together?
2: Right. No, I did not know that they were going to get engaged. That was a surprise.
0: (laughs) I guess I didn't really, I guess because I don't think that anybody is actually engaged from The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. To me, it's like they're dating and she gets a fat diamond, but it doesn't really mean the truth because that's why everybody takes eight years to actually get married because they're like, okay, now we actually have to date.
2: (laughs) Like, hey, like, what's your middle name?
0: Yeah, like, oh, okay.
2: Where do you live again? So basically what we see in this episode is we see Chris Harrison coming to talk to Claire. And he basically tells her, look, you've made the guys really mad. You are clearly not focusing on anyone but Dale. And what do you want to do about that? And she says, you're right. I only want to focus on Dale. Let me have an overnight date with him. And let's see where he's at. Do you think he walked in knowing that, like, did some producer feed him that line about blowing up the Bachelorette? Do you think totally. someone was like, all right, when the time is right, I want you to clear your throat and I want you to deliver this line with the most gusto and most um, Chris Harrison-esque drama that you can muster. And he was like, I got this. This is yes. why I get the big bucks.
0: He's like, don't worry, I've been rehearsing this my whole like, entire life.
2: <laughs> Do you think he, like, combs his hair in the mirror and he's like, Claire? you've just blown up the Bachelorette. Claire, you've just blown up the Bachelorette. Like, does he yeah. practice like he's <laughs> With his ha-
0: uh, hairbrush in his hand? <laughs> 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 no, I definitely think he had to, like, rehearse it, because he had to, like, say it in a very, like, casual way. He couldn't right. just be like,
2: oh my God. Well, yeah, he had to have rehearsed it. I just don't
0: think, I don't think Chris Harrison ever really liked Claire that much. I really don't. I think the second that people said, like, oh my God, we're not into Claire, like, When they released it, and obviously a lot of people were upset, I think he instantly was like, we need to come up with another plan right away. I mean, they didn't even wait for the season to be over before they brought in Matt James because they needed to give something for some people to be excited about. And that was The Bachelor that everybody was asking for. So they were like, we're not even going to wait for Claire's season because no one's going to watch it. So if no one watches Claire's, then no one's going to fall in love with a man on there who becomes The Bachelor. And then boom, what if no one watches The Bachelor? This is a hot take right here. This is a hot take. Um, you know, but I, I really think that's why they had to release Matt, like release who the bachelor was to keep people like interested in the, in the programming. Because if you have like a bad bachelorette and a bad bachelor, like back to back, like woof. And it's not like Peter's season was great. I mean, they've really been woof. struggling since Hannah Brown's season, honestly.
2: Yeah. I feel like Peter, we have, um, removed from the roles of the bachelor as well. Cause he was... <coughs> <laughs> never in history has anyone chosen five people in a season yeah like whoa. yeah there uh, is basically the anti-peter like she laser focused whereas peter was like can i do like a more of like a sampler
0: platter like <laughs> <laughs> an app you'll have the three appetizer thing right you know at <laughs> restaurants where you can get
2: three apps
0: someplace <laughs> he, he, a rolled up,
2: he rolled up to the Heidi chinese and he was like i'll take the two entree but i'm gonna need a low main." On the side, in addition to the crab rangoon and egg roll, like he yeah, needed and, and a large
0: drink, <laughs> 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 but yeah. So, I, I think that Chris Harrison maybe that he didn't like not like Claire, but I think they knew from the get go that this was not going to go well. I think it was because why on earth would they have Tasha like on demand? I mean, do they always have backup people to use? No, I didn't think so. I didn't think that they were like, nobody's ever come out and said I was the backup if you know Hannah Brown died. Like no one ever said that. Gosh, that was rude of me. I love her. I didn't mean it like that, but. Well,
2: someone, one of my um, Instagram followers did mention that they think someone was on backup. So Reality Steve says that they always plan to bring in Tasha at some point. But See, I think that's what I'm saying
0: because, this, because they knew
2: Claire was going to stink. Well, it's also worth noting, what if Claire had to leave? What if something happened with her mother that required Claire to leave. And I think that's a good point to bring up too, because Claire has been very clear that like the situation with her mother is very dicey. And what if she had to go? So do you yeah. think maybe they had a backup for a variety of reasons? And then when they saw this Dale thing start to play out, it was like, yes, let's lean into this pretty hardcore.
0: Yes. I, that's probably true. I'm sure there wasn't like one reason that they had a backup. Um, well, and if with the coronavirus pandemic, you never know what's going on. I mean, they were probably just going to be prepared this year. Um, and I think is a great pick. I really like her. I think she's so cute. I do too. I think she's great. I, re- I really do. I'm excited to watch her. I feel bad that she's getting like the leftover potatoes from Thanksgiving that are still cold. Like I feel like she deserves the fresh hot potatoes with the gravy on top. Why was she allowed to look at Dale on Instagram? Like why did she know who was coming to the house? I feel like other people don't get to know who their um, their people are. That's why the meeting out of the limo is so good.
2: Her guys were released and then coronavirus happened. So the show was put on like hiatus.
0: Yes, I recall. After
2: her guys had been released.
0: And then her and Matt James got in that fight and then they took him out of the cast? Well, I don't think that, I don't think they initially
2: took him out. Like he wasn't officially out until.
0: They um, said, do you want to be the bachelor anyway? Yes,
2: yes. So when people told me that they were anxious to hear my commentary, a lot of people said, like, you're going to be so mad watching this. Your reaction is going to be so out, like, oversized. Like, I'm so interested to see how you respond to this. Number one, I would say I was overall bored. Even though it was such a transformational and groundbreaking episode in Bachelor history, I found it to be boring, number one. And number two, I overall felt very sad. Number one, I don't think Claire was making the best decision. So that made me sad. Number two, it made me sad because she thinks she's making the right decision. And she's trying to justify all of this as when you know, you know. But it's just not that simple. You know what I mean? I think you can know that someone is, like, connected with you. I think you can know that you're very attracted to them. And I think you can know that they are going to have a large, like, place in your life but it is so much more than that. And I fear that going into it with the starry eyes that she has makes her ill-prepared for whatever will come up because she's so in this fantasy world. And the minute that that fantasy is shattered, does she understand that that there are ups and downs? I don't think she understands that there are ups and downs. I think think she lives in a land in which... When you love someone and the other person loves you, that's all there is.
0: Right. And I just think that, um, you know, I think that sharing your life with somebody is so much more than love. It is so much like, do we have the same beliefs? Do, are you a good tipper? Do you have terrible credit? You know, there's there's logistic things that you need to think. How do you actually treat your family? Not just what's on social media. Um, Let me meet your friends. Cause like, I think one of the worst things ever is when you're dating a guy. And he can't get along with like your friends and your friends guys. And like, y'all all all can't go out and have a good night. Or he like really embarrasses you. Like I had one ex-boyfriend that was always embarrassing me when we would go out because he would get, he would just be a wreck, you know? And, and it was fine. That's who he was. But I feel like there's just things that you, you need to know how they behave before you commit your life to them. You are just going to learn so much about each other that
2: like, you just got to know if all that little stuff you want to roll with and like, God bless it. Like, thankfully I do want to roll with it, but there's stuff, you know what right. I mean? There's a lot of stuff. And, and I think it's just, as long as you're prepared for stuff,
0: whatever that stuff is, you're good. But how if do they you go fight? In, I mean, you know, you don't even know how he fights. Like you don't even know what no. he does when he's angry. I, I just think those are like, I think it's, um, I think it's irresponsible to get involved with somebody when you know so little about them. And I think she was a little disrespectful to the bachelor and the bachelorette um, series as a whole. Yeah. Because you did not You don't respect the system or whatever they say, you know, re- Oh, the process, geez, respect the process because You didn't finish it. You didn't do it. And I understand, look, I can't fake a good date. I'm not one of those girls that's like, I'm going to go on a date with him just because I can get a dinner. I'm like, no, you're terribly miserable. Goodbye. Like, so I understand if she's like, I hate all these guys except for him. Just even for But that's part of the thing. That's part of the thing you agree to. You
2: agree that you're not going to like them all and you're going to have to kiss them.
0: Well, and also, doesn't Dale deserve an opportunity? Maybe he didn't move as fast as you, Claire. Doesn't he also deserve the opportunity to stay the full length and make sure? And also, I would be so annoyed that he she, she robbed me of the experiences, more dates, and like free good food. And if this was a normal year, the travel, I'm like, gosh, shut up! Like, we need to stay. You know. <laughs> Yeah, see, and I I felt
2: bad for him for another reason, too. I felt bad for him that he is now the person that she imagines him to be because of social media. Now, imagine if you met someone and all they know is your shiniest, rosiest, most beautiful moments via social media. It's what we all do. And why wouldn't you want to put your best self out there in those settings? Okay, fine. So now imagine that someone held you to that standard that they decided of you because of that.
0: Totally. I I feel like that
2: sets him up for for disappointment. Like, he can't help but disappoint her if he strays off the path that she has imagined for him.
0: Right. Like, just because she is a... um, She seems to me to be a hopeless romantic, obviously, because I think... Or, and she's very clearly thinking emotionally and not logically, um, which also makes me sad for her because I've definitely been in moments where I'm like logic out the window, you know? Um, yeah, of course. But you have those friends and those parents and and whoever in your life to bring you back to reality where you're like, girlfriend, you cannot marry him. We do not tell him we love him. Like it's been two weeks, like you psycho. And I, I realize that it does work out for people that way. It's like high school sweethearts, like totally. I believe that they're in love. I believe that they're soulmates. I'm not saying- if you didn't like date around or you didn't date for a long time. I mean, there's people who get married after a couple months and they're still together for years. I believe in it, but there are the exception, not the rule, you know, like that is not what happens to everyone.
2: Look, one of the most transformative movies of our time was he's just not that into you. And what's his face. Justin Long is very clear with um, Jennifer, Jennifer Jennifer Goodwin about, yes, there are always going to be examples of the thing that you're claiming could happen to you. That's the exception, not the rule. And and I feel like Dale and Claire both played this, oh, our parents knew each other for seven days and they both got married and were married for 42 years. Again, great. I'm excited for, for both of their situations. I just don't know how you can decide that the same is true for you.
0: Well, and it's bonkers to me because you would think that Claire, you know, Claire presented herself as this woman that is still single because she wasn't gonna settle for anything less than she deserved and the best of the best. And here you are acting so irresponsibly for somebody that seems to have acted very relationship responsible, you know, not getting involved in a toxic relationship. I mean, she might've been, but she got out of them. She didn't commit to any of that because she seems to take care of herself and care about herself and put herself first. And I thought that was a really admirable message for a bachelorette to have. Well, and it was nice for me because I'm terrified I'm gonna be single forever. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like this woman's 39, still looking good. And she's going to find the man. Like it's totally okay to be single at that point in your life. But then you just go and fall in love in two days. Like, great, great. Maybe this is why none of your relationships worked. Did you behave this way every single time?
2: And obviously in order to enjoy this show, you have to suspend some of your belief system in like the way things are supposed to happen. But there is, some true magic in the development of a relationship, discovering that you like each other and discovering that you like each other a lot. The speedy speediness doesn't make it more magical. Your love story is not better because you quote unquote knew it from the jump, you know? And I feel like she was putting so much weight on because I know, because I've been around the block, because I get it. And I, it only made me more sad and more feel like you, you really don't
0: get it. You really, like really don't get it. She was taking care of herself more. I feel like she's being really irresponsible. And it like, I'm like, no, dude, don't do that. Like you're just setting yourself up to get hurt. Even if you feel all these feelings, like just take a sec.
2: We all love the version of ourselves that's projected through someone else's eyes. She's sitting there saying, I think you're fantastic. Well, maybe his last girlfriend was kind of mad at him a lot. And he's like, great, this girl's not going to be mad at me. She freaking thinks I'm awesome. Okay, cool. And I I don't think he's faking his way through anything. I don't think this is all like some big manipulative like
0: ruse. He seemingly has no personality, by the way. I'm like- he, this guy? he just
2: seems like it makes more sense for me to go with this than to not go with it. Because do you think at any point he could have said, sorry, Chris Harrison, I'm not willing to get engaged today?
0: No, I don't. And even, of course, he, like, I'm sure he could say that. But could you imagine the pressure and the way, like, he can't be the guy that does that on national TV. Like, no way, Jose, he'd be an And Claire has weeks. already mi-
2: set herself up to be the person that... If you're not all in today, you must not be all in tomorrow either.
0: Which is also so unfair. People deserve time. I think Dale deserved much more time than he got. And whether he feels that way or not, I just personally, it's like a job. You're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. It's an equal thing in a relationship. Claire's acting like she's the prize and Dale won. It's mm-hmm. like, wait, come on. He gets to like feel his feelings too. Right. And I don't think she ever gave him a fair shot, nor do I think The Bachelor did. They were like, you got to propose, we're going to rush this episode and you guys got to get out of here because we got to bring Tasha in and turn this shit around. Sorry. (laughs) No, I really
2: thought that maybe, maybe at the end of Tasha's, they would bring Dale back in. And like, we would have seen them quote unquote date or something. I had no idea that they would, that literally Chris Harrison said, well, you know what the next step is, Dale? Like the show only ends one way. Even if the show only was two weeks, it only ends one way. I, I was floored that they stuck to that. There are bachelor in paradise relationships that are longer than this.
0: Right? I mean, I felt really bad for Dale. I mean, he looked stressed. He looked scared. And I I guess I just wish Claire would have been like, hey, we don't have to do this. Maybe they did have that conversation afterwards. But it's like, okay, so I've always said, and this is kind of a hot take. I've always said that um, if a guy was proposing to me, (laughs) this might make me look really bad. um, And we're like in public and, and there's people around and my family's there. I think I would say yes, no matter what, because I don't think I could embarrass him or hurt him right then. I would feel so much pressure and obligation because obviously I'd probably have been dating this man and I'd probably care about him enough if he thought we were going to get married. And then if I said, if I really like wanted to say no, I think we would talk about it later. But then I think about, gosh, everybody would post pictures and woof. So, but I I could just understand in that moment, the pressure of having to feel like you need to say yes. And then like, maybe we'll deal with how I'm feeling later.
2: Well, here's the thing, the last pressure situation we had on The Bachelor was when Cassie ran away from Colton and he was like, I gotcha. Come meet my parents. That was the last pressure situation we saw. And we all saw how that played out. Now she's filing with restraining orders and withdrawing restraining orders. Like she, I think got sucked into a situation where it did not behoove her to say no. (laughs) And yes. I think Dale is the new Cassie. That's my hot take. Dale is, that the is new a Cass- hot
0: take. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that um, he also probably sees so many Bachelor couples. He's like, okay, yeah, we'll get engaged and we don't have to get married. We'll chill. Like that. And, yeah. and then we can break up in a year if that's the case and, and it'll be respectable and it'll be fine. You know, because the the exception, the rule of bachelor couples is that they're going to break up, but you'll probably fall in love with somebody else in bachelor nation. <laughs> um, get the light. Right. Great. Not a problem. Or everybody will love me and I'll get like some free FabFitFun boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, if I went
2: on a show for six weeks and that was the only prize was that I got free FabFitFun boxes, I'd be
0: fine with that. Not I a problem. That- I guess I'm going to become a blogger now. <laughs> like it's totally cool. It does. I think it seems like a hard job. I really do. I have a lot of respect for
2: bloggers. Well, think about it. You've got to come up with a story for every recipe. I mean, you've got to explain how your family created it and um, why the ingredients are more important than any other ingredients that ever were. That is a challenge. Imagine making a hamburger helper and having to explain like why you're making that hamburger helper and how your life changes every time you eat it.
0: Right, and Nanny Face sprinkles extra pepper in and that's the secret special sauce. I, I just can't, well, and and like the aesthetic, I'm like, gosh, I can't ever be ugly. Like I can't ever just post a picture with a bad filter and call it a day. Like- No, ma'am, um, no, and, ma'am. Woo, the caption game they must have, Ooh, yikes. And I'd have to get an Instagram boyfriend. You know, the Instagram boyfriends that go around and take their girlfriend's pictures for her Instagram. Yeah, which
2: like those are, those are a select group of men who have seen a challenge before them, and who have risen to the occasion. They have seen that there is demand for this service. And I just don't think enough men are, are taking on the responsibility and seeing that there's a demand in this industry.
0: Totally. I mean, I can't even find a man that knows how to press the middle and focus the shot. You know, like, and you got an Instagram boyfriend. One time I was at my good friend's house in Omaha, Nebraska, and we looked out her window and there was a girl like posing in front of a brick wall and her Instagram boyfriend's like on the ground, taking it. She was yelling at him. He throws her deodorant at one point. I mean, we had a show. We watched it for like a hot minute. I mean, we really did. It was hysterical. They were in a fight too. It was very clear. (laughs) But they walked away from that photo shoot with options it would probably at
2: least appropriately framed. I mean, I've, I've had Turner take some pictures for me where like, like, hey, take a picture of the back of this dress. And there was literally like a pile of like kids toys in the corner. I'm like framing. Like, let us, let us focus on, our, on, on what is before us. I don't yes, understand.
0: Uh, gosh, Turner is
2: such a funny man. Because I could imagine him being like, what?
0: <laughs> it looks good. I was like,
2: could you get this huge box of kids toys out of here? He doesn't think that when I hand him the phone that he needs to move. Yeah. <laughs> like he thinks that I should move to accommodate the camera, which doesn't make he, any
0: sense. Cause he has a, a very important job of pressing the button. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's I, hysterical. Yeah. I well back to what we were talking awesome. about total. I don't even know how we got on Instagram boyfriends, but uh, Oh, cause if I was in the bachelor. So yeah, I think that Dale was just kind of like, I'm going to look better. If I just propose to her and move right along. But Dale seemed very happy with himself. Very he found I think he found it very hysterical that the like that he for some reason was the one that she chose. And um that that's all the guys day. that's a great every, day. Every time I looked at him, he just had this like, I have no idea what's going on smile. Anytime the guys were like, Well, Claire's in love of Dale, and then they show Dale and he's just like, ha. Like whoa! but wouldn't that be great imagine you go
2: on a show and like immediately the dude's like completely like in love with you you'd be like I mean I can't, I can't help it I just I mean I tried not to be so cute and I tried not to be so funny but she saw right through that right like gosh I don't
0: know what it is I'm just an average girl <laughs> when in reality he would be like who is this garbage get her on out of here I'd oh. be the house gossip, that's for sure.
2: Well, that much we know.
0: I'd definitely play both teams too. <laughs> I would have a strategy from day one. They'd be like, that girl, she has an agenda. I'm like, yes, my agenda is to be the bachelorette. <laughs> I don't want to fight for one man, I want men fighting for me.
2: I understand.
0: And you would take
2: advantage of that situation and you would soak in all of the attention from all directions. You wouldn't be calling an end to this game in the second quarter, like no way. (laughs) I'd be in love with all of them, are you kidding? (laughs) <laughs> right down to the very last day please stop telling them all that you love them and you're like but what do i do i know I'm like, god no this one's got
0: good this and this one's good for this and i'm really you know me i'm an easy sell i'm you really can sell me so quick I'm, I'm like oh okay that works i can get on board with that and i have so many different types too so like i like so many different types of men and style of men that I, I mean, you can do anything. I mean, you could be, like, exotic, and I'm like, "Mm, yes, or you could be, like, the most plain Jane. I'm like, "Mm, I like a white picket fence. Like, I mean, you can (laughs) sell me on anything. I mean, yeah, can I not pick them all? Like, what's the problem? Okay, Peter. I would be a Peter. Well, I
2: have some hot takes on Tasha. Number one, I think she is stunning. I think she's, like, a beautiful human, and I think her first night dress was right on point Total same show. I just
0: wish it wasn't the same color as Claire's because I was like wait is oh yeah good dress? point I'm like, come on we can't put them in different but colors I didn't
2: I didn't love Claire's first night dress
0: I don't think Claire looked I think Claire is very pretty and I think she looks very good but I did not love her fashions
2: no I didn't either I really and, really didn't
0: yeah I just I'm like who was styling her because it doesn't look that good like it's almost like they were like she's a little older so we got to style her a little older I'm like no put her in
2: the ground yeah, I don't know great. So, so yeah, I, th- I think Taisha is absolutely stunning. I liked her first night dress. I feel fairly confident that Tasha is not in it for love. I think if she found it, that would be cool. But I think overall, Tasha, in her life, this is just my own impression. It's based on nothing. But I feel like, I feel like she is just like, this will be fun. My life will be better because I've been in the role of the bachelorette. But I don't think she really cares about finding the dude.
0: Um, I agree. Because and by I the think- way, we have
2: no problem saying that about guys. So no hate for saying that about a girl. I just feel like she's like, I'm having a great time. And regardless, uh, this will open doors for
0: me. I think about what would I do if I was the bachelorette, which would never happen. But- because, and I think, yeah, like, you know, this could go good. This could go bad. If I fall in love, that's awesome. If I don't, like, I got to travel. I got to have a great time. And, like, I definitely think the Bachelorettes get a lot of heat. Like, I definitely would not be able to take, like, comments and people talking about me. And I never, ever want to see an article about myself in the News. No Bachelorette has just, like, done nothing ever. You know, something's right. going to happen. That Hannah Brown went on to win Dancing with the Stars. And, like, exactly you know, get all these things. Like, you know, people... You, good things happen from it. You know, like you said, it's going to open doors for me. And at the end of the day, even if my heart gets broken or something like terrible, embarrassing happens, I mean, embarrassing things happen to like Madison Pruitt and we don't talk about her anymore. No one cares. So I think I agree. I don't know. I think Taysh is just kind of like, this is going to go fine no matter what happens. It's going to be cool. This is going to be
2: really fun. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: If, and you know, if something bad happens, well, it's not going to be that terrible. Like it'll be all right. In conclusion, I feel like Claire... Loki got fired. I feel like Dale got bullied into proposing, and I think Claire's just like a little too caught up in the in, in the initial endorphins. And she, I mean, what's going to happen is they're going to break up, and, and I think they'll have a nice, decent relationship. They'll probably break up in a couple months to a year. Um, the, yeah,
2: I was gonna, I would, I'd give them over the year mark.
0: Really? Mm, I don't know. No, no. So I just
2: that. read today that he is moving to Sacramento. That's where she lives. And um like right now they are currently, as we speak, in his hometown in South Dakota, I'm, like meeting his family right now. Okay. And that he's planning his move to Sacramento. So I think I give them over a year. You're saying a few months?
0: No, I'm saying like up to a year. Okay. I don't think they'll beat the a year. And and Claire's just gonna say like you know, we really respect each other. I don't regret my decision. I loved him, but it's just not working out. We're going to move on. And I'm going to always look for that love and never settle for anything less than I deserve.
2: I will Best. never apologize for love. I'll apologize for wasting your time, but I won't apologize for love.
0: She owed those men an apology. I think so. I do too. I was like, listen, lady, like, I'm all for the girl power and I'm all for stick it to the man because that's just my style. But this woman acted like she just left The Handmaid's Tale. I was like, all right, Claire, like, <laughs> calm down. Okay? You have not been, like, suppressed and, like, held captive for eight years. No. Like, not at all. She was just kind of – she. she did just have this very arrogant attitude. Like, I'm The Bachelorette. You are going to respect me. This is going to be, like, great. And it was, like – it was Claire's show. It was all about Claire, and I feel like she lost the thought that, like – you still have to respect the guys, you know? Yeah. you still got to treat them decently. Like, there's a way to respect yourself and and, um, demand a certain level of respect from other people. You know what I mean? Like, to hold yourself to a standard, I'm all for that. But you still have to, like, return that respect. You know, it's a fine level of not thinking you're too arrogant.
2: She came in with the assumption that because she was the bachelorette, they all are supposed to love her to the max and then she'll decide which one she reciprocates. Yeah. And it wasn't like oh, we're going to do this together. Right. She never I don't think she viewed it as a two-way street.
0: No, I don't think so either. And, I think unless she thought he's they like, all already if a guy loved her. came in and
2: didn't view it as a two-way street, he would have gotten slaughtered, which is the main reason that people don't like Nick Nick Vile, you know what I mean? Because they thought he was a little arrogant.
0: Yeah, I find him to be very charming. <laughs>
2: Okay, can I tell you a secret that I've only told my sister? Yes. (laughs) I keep having dreams about Nick Vile. And in every single one of those dreams, they're not sexy dreams, but in the dream, he is in love with me.
0: Yeah, I think he would be in love with you. (laughs) Because y'all have similar personalities. Very sarcastic, very funny, but like still charming, you know. Like you're like, oh, okay. I just like that person. Um, okay. At least that's how I feel about Vile, and that's how I feel about you, too. So, see, I
2: think <laughs> I would. I think I would be too fat for him. No. Yeah, I think like I think he needs like skinny mini.
0: Well, he, I mean, yeah, he's like a teeny little man. Is he? He does. Is seem, he? I don't know. He seems me. He doesn't come across large. Um, which is fine, not for me because I'm large, but for somebody. Um, <laughs> I think, I think he would be into you. You're tall. Like, I think he would, I think he would, I think he would enjoy you. Um, but I haven't, is there really a woman that Nick Vile didn't enjoy?
2: <laughs> so I listen to all of Nick Vile's podcasts, except for the one where he takes people's questions. Cause I don't care about that, but I listen to his recaps and I listen to like some of the other interviews that he does. And I now pay $5 for his additional premium content. <laughs> <laughs> you did what yes i pay five dollars a month for his additional premium
0: podcast well since you said something embarrassing i'll say something kind of embarrassing (laughs) okay go um i don't know if it's as equivalently as embarrassing but people laugh at me that i told them this um so i have a new obsession with dancing with the stars okay um and i had to pull over last night to make sure i voted on time (laughs) I like didn't even watch the episode live, but I already know what couple I'm voting for. <laughs> you pulled over to vote for
2: Dancing with the Stars. Correct. I was on my way somewhere, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm going to miss it!" I pulled over, oh so I could vote.
1: God.
0: Like this is 2001, and I'm watching American Idol. <laughs> and you called? Oh, My an idiot. God.
2: Okay, so you're the perfect person then to weigh in on this. What are your thoughts on the Gleb? divorce Chris as his partner and I will uh, No, I'll save the third part so number one the Gleb divorce and Chriselle. go
0: okay so this is my first time watching dancing with the stars um, I have followed along because I really love Aaron Andrews and I, I just like celebrity news so I see stuff on e-news but I scroll whatever um, and I know that Gleb usually gets partnered with Real Housewives so I started watching it this season I don't really know why but I just did actually I do know why um, cause I have a really big crush on Artem. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so fabulous. Yeah. I really love him. And then they, they okay. had
2: some... so, but you discovered that you loved Artem like just now.
0: Yeah. Whenever I started seeing him on total Bellas with like Nikki Bella. Oh, um, okay, okay. And I there just like really liked him. He's just so adorable. And then, so I saw the dancing with the stars cast, like the pro dancers and they were all so handsome. I mean, there was some really good looking people. Um, And then I even fell in love with one of the female pro dancers. I was like, well, she's beautiful. And so I texted you and I said, like, Chriselle and her partner have, like, amazing chemistry. Sent it to you or something. And you said, yeah, but isn't he married? And I was like, yeah, I think so. And I just, I didn't even, like, I didn't even really know that Gleb was married or know anything about it. I just saw their chemistry from the dancing. But I also could have sworn to you that Bradley Cooper and uh, Lady Gaga were in love after a star is born. So who am I to judge? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm okay, just, they were I'm, clearly
2: not. I don't know why anyone thought that Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga were, they aren't maybe. even an aesthetic match. Okay, I'm just going to say it.
0: No, they definitely do not match each other aesthetically. I don't think he would ever be enough for her. But anyway, so I <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about that.
2: A wild assumptions being made.
0: I know with no grounds, like whatsoever. We're so judgmental <laughs> and terrible. I'm we're everything I hate. <laughs> like we're the worst kind of people. But anyway, so I, I noticed that Chriselle and Glad had in chemistry. They're both very beautiful, um, and they're just cute. They're just cute together. And she was just she's very likable. I really like her. I think she's like literally adorable. They get eliminated. And the very next day or within the next two days, Gleb announces his divorce. I mean, what terrible timing. And also the way they announced the divorce was very strange. It was not like a public statement. It was literally like an Instagram story with his children in the picture and like a broken heart. And it was like, after 14 years, this is it or something like that. I mean, it was like the craziest divorce announcement I've ever seen coming from celebs
2: well and, and his his ex-wife though she started throwing out the accusations almost immediately they, right, didn't even, like the, they didn't even like do the like oh we hope to co-parent and be successful like she was like this guy is terrible to me he's been terrible to me and he's probably going to be terrible to me in the future
0: totally i believe that too i definitely believe that glab has cheated on her um now do i know if it's with any of his dancing with the stars partners no i have no idea you think he did every-
2: say, the, the Elena, the wife, did just come out and say, like, due to a recent inappropriate relationship. And right, so where that- he's
0: going to dinner. She said something about him going to a lot of dinners. Who do you have time to go to dinner for when you're in the middle of your season of Dancing with the Stars and you have a wife and two kids?
2: She was talking about how he has, like, multiple affairs under his belt and there was one comment that she said, you know, it's very difficult to have a successful marriage when you have a wealthy woman giving him expensive gifts and taking him out to dinner. So now people are combining two other celebrity pieces of gossip, and that is Erica Jane and her husband getting divorced. And Erica Jane was also partnered up with Gleb. What are the chances that Erica Jane was the one buying him the dinners? I don't
0: think so. I would believe that it was Rochelle oh. more than I would believe it was Erica Jane. I see how well, people got Prichelle there. Is Rochelle
2: really in the position to buy the dinners?
0: Well, what's wealthy to someone else might not really be that wealthy. And what is, who's to know that Rochelle doesn't get a free dinner Sonia Morgan style?
2: You know, you know how she always
0: says my dinners are I mean, Chriselle like still has those houses in the
2: valley that are probably still not selling. So And she's in a
0: divorce entanglement. And that but... was
2: Chrishell, that was Chriselle's response. She basically said, like, I know how this feels, so I wouldn't do it to somebody else.
0: And I do, I do really want to believe that. Um, because I do inherently think that she's a good person. So I could see her being like, yo, there was no affair on my end. But what if Gleb behaved inappropriately? What if Gleb has a crush on Chrishell? And Chrishell's like, no, 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 I did not do that. I, I did not cheat. And and Gleb's like, no, 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 Chrishell didn't do anything. But what if it was enough for the wife to be like, I'm done. You've cheated on me yeah. before. Now you're getting all involved with Chrishell or you like her, you have feelings for her. Just because maybe they didn't, you know, hook up or they're not mutually in love doesn't mean that Gleb did not feel something or try to do something right? Like it's okay. just very terrible timing. who would announce their divorce this way right after I mean it's craziness i I do not believe that Michelelle and Gleb had an affair. I think okay. maybe Gleb did something, but I don't know if I necessarily believe Chriselle did something Partners and stuff like don't always get along like there's a bunch of like dancing with the stars people who like beef you know and like didn't get along with judges or don't get along with who their partner they get assigned to is so maybe he, like, hasn't liked a partner in a while, and now he's like, cool, I got a great one.
2: I think we've really broken down some programming today. I know. I don't know if there's any other really great reality hot
0: takes that we could go through. There's
2: not. I feel like we're, we're depleted on programming right now. And um, although Turner and I are watching Wayward Pines, which is pretty good, um, I also got on board with Shit's Creek, which is wonderful.
0: I have tried and tried and tried to get on board with Shit's Creek,
2: I know the characters,
0: I know their stereotypes, I know they're funny, but I just can't get there. Okay. I just, like, I I don't understand. I know they're funny. Moira seems to be hysterical. I've, like, watched episodes here and there, but it's just not something I feel like I want to sit down and watch in full. I don't know why. I have definitely watched worse television.
2: Everyone always just tells you to power through. I think this is one of those shows you had to power through especially that first season, because a lot of people were like, oh, you know, I can't believe you didn't fall in love with it immediately. I did not fall in love with it immediately. So I am understanding you in this moment. However, I do now absolutely adore it.
0: I know. Maybe I'll try again. Maybe I will try to power through, but I'm busy rewatching Real Housewives. (laughs) There's so many of them. It's great. I just like start over to another season and boom. Well, how should we wrap up this
2: conversation?
0: Well, I don't know.
2: Why don't you just tell us um, a quick life update and um, we'll end with that because the last time we were talking was right before you left for your new job in Alabama. So how's it been going?
0: Well, my, yeah, my life update is that I now live in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm a reporter for a TV station here. Um, It's going really, really well. I definitely, um, yeah, I'm happy. I feel good. My job is good. I like it. I like my station. I don't have, um, I don't have the friends like I did back in the Quad Cities quite yet, but we're all working from home. So I feel like I don't really know anyone yet. Yeah. And I have, I literally look around. I'm like, who's going to be my next niece? Like who's, who's going to do that with me? And maybe I just don't get one. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, life is good. I have like the coolest, most downtown loft apartment of my dreams. Oh. I never leave. <laughs> I love my house. And yeah, I, I like my job. Um, I mean, I'm from the South. So the South is normal. The weather's great. Food's great. I feel like I'm still just getting my footing though. I still feel like I haven't really met anyone. I don't really, I'm still just getting used to who I'm going to be here in like this page of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the pandemic is causing it to go so slow. So I feel like it's okay. Totally. I'm just... But I'm trying to tell myself like how many times are we going to have this? Like where life just kind of slows down for a little bit. So I feel like we should just enjoy it. I'm waiting for Denise Nick to book her flight and come visit me. I know I need to. I know, but with all this craziness. Yeah, I know was two bananas. <laughs> two bananas. And bring me one of the babies because I miss them too. Oh. I gave um, my oh. sister's baby some of um, Abe and Pongo's old stuff, and I just oh. was like, oh, I miss these little guys, these little Oops. animals with their busted chins.
2: Oh, poor Pongalong Long. All okay. right, Lauren, it's been a delight catching up with you. Um, people are going to be thrilled to hear that you have thoughts on the Bachelorette. You are a special oh. request, and so I'm glad to have you.
0: I'm glad to be here. I hope people are thrilled that we're still friends.
2: (laughs) You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network.